Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. And it's, it's, I'm going to share it today. The reason I said that before is I'm going to share it today. And I'm going to, I'm going to complete the series next Sunday morning. Next Sunday, we're actually going to talk about failed expectations. And you don't want to miss that because I know a lot of you struggle with failed expectations in life. You thought your spouse was going to act a certain way, be a certain way. You thought you'd have enough money. You thought your kids were going to be like this or your job was going to be like this. And next week, we're going to deal with failed expectations. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be good. You don't want to miss it. And uh, today we're, we're, we're uh, dealing with Jesus, who is the light of the world. That's the, 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 the topic for today. And I was thinking about this, that, you know, every, every Christmas I find myself getting a little bit more sentimental than normal, not only as I get older, but also since my, my dad passed away two years ago, just this past week, on December the 15th, he passed away. It would have been two years ago this past week. And I find myself looking back a little bit more. I found myself thinking about uh, things that maybe I, I I never really thought about, and and a lot of Christmas memories, and a lot of a lot of great ones, and some not so great ones. And and um, I, I was thinking about this, uh, maybe something you don't know about me. Growing up in in Oklahoma, you know that most of you do. Grew, I grew up in rural Oklahoma, and um, uh, the the town that I spent most of my childhood was Medford, Oklahoma, very north central Oklahoma, very small community, and uh, and really overall, I just. We just grew up without, without much money. It's one of the reasons, to be honest with you, it's one of the reasons that ever since I was a teenager, I just said, hey, one thing I'll never do is I'll never go into ministry because I'm tired of being poor. I, I just thought every pastor in the world was poor, and I, didn't, I was tired of being poor. And, um, of, of course, God captured my heart in college, and I went to college as a marketing major because I was going to make some money after I, I, I graduated college, and God just ca- kind of captured my heart. And I, I realized everybody, some, maybe something that there are some people in this room that need to realize this too, that God is always, always, always more important than any money that you could ever gain in this world. This money is very temporary. It will be burned up one day. It will not last, but you will last. And, and those around you, your family members, your friends, they will last. Everybody, we need to get our priorities right, right don't we? And we need to, to not live our lives focused on money. We need to live our lives focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he provides what we need in this life, I promise you, he does. He, he provides it. So I, w- I was going to be a marketing major. I was tired of being poor. And then, of course, I answered the call of God. I'm so grateful that I did that. Answered the call of God, submitted, uh, submitted to his will. And God has been very, very good to us, better than what I deserve. And so, so growing up in, in rural Oklahoma, being poor, it's not like we went to the, to the local grocery store and bought a Christmas tree. We didn't have enough money for that. Like, that, that's just not the way life was for us. And so we would oftentimes just go out into the woods and we would just cut down, uh, uh, cut down a tree and bring it in the house. And maybe some of you did this too. How many were like me? You were just on the poor side and you just had to go cut your own tree if you're going to do it. Anybody in the room? So in rural Oklahoma, it's not like they had these beautiful blue spruce out there, these balsam pines. And it wasn't like that. In fact, rural Oklahoma, where we live, it was just all kind of like scrub brush and cedar trees were everywhere. So we would just go cut down just like a six foot cedar tree and bring that into our house. We didn't have fancy trees, but you know, growing up, we didn't know the difference. It's just like, that was just our Christmas tree. That was just the way that it, that it was in our house. And, 
And then you have the Christmas tree stand that whether the thing won't stand up straight or maybe you cut it at an angle. Or How many remember those days? You're like, about to lose your Christianity over that Christmas tree, right? Like, I'm celebrating Jesus, you know. It's just, it's just you know, frustrating. And then, and then if you remember, if you, go, if you go way back, like things are different now than they were back then. Back then, we didn't have twinkling lights. We had blinking lights. Then there's a difference, everybody. Remember back in the day, you would buy Christmas tree lights, and you'd have to check them all, you know, to make sure they work. And if you wanted your Christmas tree lights to blink, they, they gave you these little Christmas tree lights that were clear, and that you knew that those were the blinkers. And so you would put that at the very beginning. How many know what I'm already talking about? You know, you've been there, right? You'd put it at the beginning of the strip, and then that portion of the, of the lights would blink. It, it would not twinkle. They would just blink on and off and on and off. And then you, you know, halfway down the, the lighting strip, you would put another one and those that half would. And so in our house, we had color lights, not, not white lights. We had color lights that would, they would not twinkle. They would just blink. They would just blink. I, I love blinking lights. My, my wife, my wife, when we got married, I'm thinking everybody does Christmas the way that we did. We got to have color lights. They got to be blinking. My wife, she didn't like that, everybody. It was... It was like the exact opposite. Like, no, we're not going to have blinking lights. That drives me nuts. And by the way, we're going to have white lights because white was more decorative and it looked more beautiful in the home. I'm like, you're ruining, you're single-handedly ruining Christmas. <laughs> like, and now, 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 everybody, we've gotten to the point now we've grown in wisdom. Don't, by the way, men, don't tell your wives. That's just awful thing to do. That's bad. That's bad as a spouse. Okay, so don't, don't learn that from me. So now we have one of those pre-lit Christmas trees that we just press a button and it goes from white to color lights. So when she's not home and she's not around, I just click the button, it's color lights, you know? Like, whew, praise the Lord for technology. And I used, to, I used to sit on the couch at late at night as everything was dark, have all of the lights off in the house except that blinking colored Christmas tree on that cedar tree. And I would just lay there and just watch the lights just blink off and on, and I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world, just blinking lights. And somebody, actually, somebody came up to me this morning, and, and right when they said it, I knew exactly what they're saying because I did it too. Did you ever lay there and watch the blinking lights and just purposely make the lights, like you look past them where they look a little bit blurry, and, 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 you know, you're, and, and so you're not seeing the details, you're just seeing the blur of it, and you're like, oh, that's so wonderful. And I thought, you know what, I'm not the only psycho in the room this morning. There's more of us. There are weirdos in the room that love, that love to do that. Because lights, let's face it, lights are attractive, aren't they? In fact, when I was growing up, we used to go, uh, like, go for a drive and just see all of the, the lighted houses throughout the neighborhood, throughout the town. Of course, the town wasn't that big, but we would just drive everywhere. And back in the day, everybody, this is when lights used to be awesome. Like, like today, there's so much technology in them. I, I just long for the days where everybody had those big Christmas bulbs. You know what I'm talking about? Like the actual lights, not LED stuff, but they were like real light bulbs and they were big and everybody would just trim their house with it. Everywhere there was a corner or a, a you know, some, some type of framework on that house, they would staple or clip those lights to it and they would be so straight and perfect. And, and, and then the best of the best, the best of the best for me was when somebody did their house or maybe a tree and the lights were nothing but blue. I would look at that and say, oh, Christmas is just perfect. My wife hates blue lights. <laughs> she does. Ask her. Every time we see it, 
In fact, we were just driving back from Wabash this past week. We went to a Christmas concert down in Wabash. We're driving back. And if you turn it uh, towards the direction of Rowan, there's a, a tree that they have lit up, like, a, 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 you know, something that the town does. And it's nothing but blue. And I looked at my wife and said, isn't that beautiful? She's like, I hate it. That's awful. It's so dark. I'm like, that's what's great about it. So, but so she has her own version of what lights are and what lights should be. And I have my own and they're very, very different, but we're all attracted to light. There's something attractive about light to us. And in, in fact, can I tell you that we were built like that and not just, not just physically, but spiritually to be attracted to light. And in fact, I, I want to share something with you that maybe you've never caught before. This is in Genesis chapter one, verse three. You don't have to turn there. It'll be, it'll be really, really quick. You'll know it. You know, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God is creator. Well, the very first thing that, that God said, in fact, the four first words that came out of God's mouth was, let there be light. Let, let, let me say it like this, everybody. What's this? That God is motivated by darkness. And, and let me go further. And you are too. Most people don't like darkness. Most people want to get rid of the darkness. Most people are paying attention to the, to the lights that they have on and the lights in their house. And the, the, like, in fact, if you, if you go into a dark room, what's the first thing that you do? You're motivated by darkness. You're going to look for a light switch because nobody likes to be in the dark. And God, one of the first, in fact, the first thing he said, motivated by darkness, he said, let there be light. And he's been motivated by darkness. We see in his word, Throughout the history of his word, he's motivated by darkness. He doesn't want anybody to walk in darkness. And so he gave us Jesus, who is and was the light of the world. And I'm going to show you some things about light and about darkness this morning that I hope is going to be very meaningful to you this, this Christmas, especially. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, we, we get a glimpse of this light of life, the light of the world. And remember, Isaiah is a prophet. So he's talking about the advent of Jesus Christ. He's talking about the coming of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And he says this in verse 2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. In fact, he goes on, and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And, we, and then he tells us who it is just a couple of verses later in verse six. He tells us who it is. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Isaiah, being inspired of the Holy Spirit to write about the coming Messiah, says it this way. There's going to be a lot of people who are walking in darkness. And, and, and listen to me. And that's not okay with God. He doesn't like that. So he's going to send the light, the light of life, Jesus, the light of the world. And I'm going to teach you some things about light and that, that, that are going to be significant if you just pay attention to this. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's so encouraging this Christmas. And if you've not trusted in Jesus as Savior, if you've not surrendered your life to him, I pray that this message would come alive in you and you would realize 
how attractive and how beautiful and how perfect Jesus, the light, is. The first thing I want you to know is that light always wins. Light always wins. I'm going to show you this in Scripture. In fact, with every point, I'm just going to read a Scripture, and then I'm going to explain it to you. John 1, 1. We read that, that John, when he writes about Jesus and writes his gospel, that he speaks a lot of light. And he starts this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that it has been made. In him was life, in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. Everybody, look at, look at your pastor. Look at your pastor. Except for Jesus, there is no other light. That light was the light of all mankind. He is. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through him. He is the light of life and the only light of life. If you say, well, it's okay if you serve so-and-so. I mean, I'm a Christian, but you can do whatever you want to do, and you'll still make it to heaven. Can I tell you something? You are, you are telling them a lie because it's not the case. Jesus is the only way. How many would say amen to that? He's the only way. And that's why we're here this morning celebrating Jesus, our Savior. So he's the life. I'm sorry, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And watch this. Here it is. Light always wins. And the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He's talking about the coming of Jesus. The true light that gives light to everyone is Jesus and is Jesus. Light always wins. Let, let me say it like this, everybody. Jesus never loses. It, for instance, if you walk into a dark room and you have a light, that light always wins. Light always defeats darkness every time. And God is trying to teach us something here that Jesus will not lose. He will not lose. He is victorious. He's always been victorious. He'll always be victorious because light always wins. Let me say it this way. Satan doesn't stand a chance because Jesus wins. How many can say amen to that? And if you're up against a battle right now and Satan is just bringing his best, can I tell you something? Just trust the light of life. Light always wins. Light always wins. The second thing I want to teach you is light is pure. Light is pure. You think, well, what's the big deal about that? And how is light always pure? Let me show it to you. John chapter 3, verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of the light. Because their deeds... Were evil, meaning they loved sin and they weren't willing to give it up. They just thought the sin was better, the darkness was better than the light. 
Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Well, I just don't want everybody to know that I'm a sinner. And the only other choice to that is just to continue to walk in darkness, is to continue to walk in misery. But watch this. But whoever lives by the truth, the truth of Jesus, whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Like you get to this you get to this place where your separation from God is a sinner, the separation that you felt from God and your lack of relationship with God and walking in, in sin and in darkness, you get to a place where you're like, you know what? I don't care who knows. I just got to get out of this mess. I need to walk away from this that is separating me from God. It's separating me from the life that I want to live. And I don't care. I don't care who knows. I just want out of my past of my addictions, of my anger, of my bitterness. I just want out. See, when you get to that point, that's one of the greatest points you can ever get to in your life. Because when you get to that point, it's when in wisdom you look to the light of life and you say, Jesus, I just need you. And the best decision that you'll ever make is not choosing your spouse. And it's not having children. Those are are some of the best decision, but the best decision you'll ever make is looking to the light of life and telling him, I am sick of being in the dark. I'm sick of sin. I'm sick of addictions. I'm sick of my emotions. I'm sick of my past. I want to get out of the darkness. And the best decision you could ever make in your life is trusting Jesus as Savior, as Lord. Can somebody say amen to that? So light is pure. Light is pure. Let, let, me say, let me say it like this, everybody. That, that you can shine a light on something that is decaying or dead, and the light reveals the death, it reveals the decay, but the light is never changed. The light remains pure. It reveals things that are impure, but the light never becomes Impure. The light, let me say it like this. Light is never affected by decay and death. And you say, well, what, what's the significance of that? That Jesus Christ, the light of the world, was born in this world. In one of the darkest times in history, when people, the, Isaiah the prophet says, they were walking in darkness. Not only darkness, but in deep darkness. And Jesus comes in as the light of the world, the light of of life, and he revealed sin, and he revealed impurity, and he revealed the bad motives of the religious people. He revealed what was really in their hearts, but he was never affected by sin and impurity and religiosity. He was never affected by that. He stayed the spotless lamb of God and never sinned. In a very sinful environment, Jesus never sinned. And because he never sinned, it qualified him to be the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. See, light is pure. How many knows Jesus is pure? And in his purity, he was crucified. 
and all of the sins of the world were laid on him that anybody who would just trust in him would find life. They would discover the light of life. Jesus is pure. The, the third thing I want to show you, light always gives direction. It always gives direction. I love what John 8, 12 says. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me, we're talking about direction. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me, whoever follows me, whoever, whoever would just, who would just come after me and follow my lead, who would listen to my voice and, and do what I ask them to do and do what I command them to do. If you just follow me, you'll be following the light because light always gives direction. And in fact, let me, let me go even a little bit further. You, you, a lot of you know this, that when I was in college again a long time ago now, back in the 90s, uh, I went caving a lot um, uh, in Springfield, Missouri. There's caves everywhere. We went caving a lot. And uh, we would take flashlights. We'd always make sure we had enough. And, and uh, uh, so we would spend hours and hours in caves and so pitch black in there that you couldn't even see the hand in front of your face. It was just impossible. It was so dark in there. And, and, and sometimes because we were having so much fun, have you ever had so much fun that you stayed somewhere longer than you should have stayed? And, and, you went, and you went further than you wanted to go. And all of a sudden I'm realizing, okay, well, it's, 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 you know, we would go after classes are over with. So I went to Bible college, a Christian college that had a curfew. And we had to be back in our dorms at a certain time. And so I, I would look at all my friends and say, hey, guys, it's, it's time to go back, you know, or, or we're going to be late for curfew. And then, 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 then we would realize we're in this cave further than what we thought. What we thought might be a two-hour, you know, two-hour uh, climb or walk back to the entrance of the cave sometimes took three hours because we were just in there further than what we thought we were going to be. And when we saw the light, literally the light at the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the cave, it was so comforting. It was so, hey, there's our direction. There's where we're going. And can I tell you some, something that a lot of people have walked in darkness so long They've been familiar with darkness so long, and maybe they were enjoying the pleasures of sin for so long that they went further into the darkness than they ever thought they would. They just went further than what they ever planned to go. Well, pastor, I, I don't know how I got this far. I, 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 don't, I don't know how. I never thought that my life was going to be like this. I never thought I would do that. I never thought I would take that. I never thought I would drink that. I never thought I would smoke that. I never thought I would look at that. I never thought I would cheat. I never thought that I would treat my family like this. I just never thought, but they were in the darkness for so long. And they were so much ignoring the call of God and, and, the, and the voice of their heavenly father that they just went further than what they ever thought they would go. And I want to tell you, when you turn and face the light, he'll be right there. He'll be right there. The Bible says, Jesus in fact said it himself, that everyone who comes to me, I will never drive away. That if you come to me, the answer is yes. That, that if you look towards me, 
you're going to find me, he says. If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. So aren't you glad? And I'm telling you this morning, if that's you, if you've been in darkness for so long and you and sin just took you further than you wanted to go, can I tell you, as soon as you turn around and call upon the light of life, you'll see him. He'll be right there. You're like, well, well, I, well, don't I have to earn my way back? Don't I have to climb my way back out? No, no. There might be some consequences. Like you might have broken relationships that need to be healed. You, you might have to go through some withdrawals. You, you, might, you might have to confess some things to some people. There might be that. But Jesus will accept you instantaneously. Why? Because he is motivated by darkness. And he doesn't want anybody to stay in darkness. Jesus died so that you wouldn't have to. And he made it easy for you to come out. Can I get an amen on that, everybody? He made it easy. Let me tell you something else. Light dispels fear. I love this. John 12, 46. I have come into the world as light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Let, let me tell you what the will of God is not. The will of God is not that you would stay in darkness. The will of God is for you to be in the light. And that light dispels fear. See, let me say it this way. Darkness brings fear. Light doesn't. Darkness brings fear. But light doesn't. You know, for those who, who and I've, I've had this so many times that people have lived their lives in sin and then something happens in their life in which they really feel like I've got to call upon God, but I've been in sin for so long and it's God, God going to hear me. And I, I, I talk them through that. I talk about the grace of God and the mercy of God, that all who call upon the name of Jesus are saved, that God is a merciful God. He's a gracious God. And that as they're dealing with their past and as they're struggling with their past, can I tell you that that darkness produces fear. They get to the point where they're like, hey, I'm about ready for eternity. I'm about, I think I'm, I'm going to die here pretty soon. And I've not lived a godly life and I have lived in darkness. And it's scary. And that's my, that's my joy to introduce them to the light of life. It is my joy to say, no, 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 that can end in a moment. The moment you surrender your life to Jesus, he will dispel that fear in your life. And I have seen the glory of the Lord show up in people's lives. I've seen the light of Jesus Christ light up somebody as they were on their deathbed. I have seen it personally. I have seen joy come into the hearts of people that were just hours away from, from passing away. And I've seen the joy of the light of Jesus come into their eyes and come into their life because of God's mercy and because of his grace, because God is motivated by darkness and he doesn't want anybody to stay in there at all. He wants you to come out. And I'm going to prove that to you in a second. I, I, I remember this as a, as a child. Um, you know, darkness, uh, uh, I, I was scared of the dark for, for many years. And I didn't really tell anybody this during my, grow, grow, my growing up years. But 
I, I was just scared of the dark. I was just scared of the dark. And I, and I know that, the, you know, probably most of you, if not all of you, have had your moments of being scared in the dark. And in fact, if you were a child, if you look back to when you were a child and, and mom and dad said, hey, go to bed, and then they would shut the door and you were in, in, in the dark, uh, you, you would think these thoughts, you know, like the boogeyman type of thoughts. And, you, and, and some, of you, some of you are absolute wackos because this is what you would do, you wacko. You would take the blanket. You were so scared of the dark. You'd take the blanket and cover your head. Why would you ever do that? Why, why? No, 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 not me. Man, I wasn't some wacko. I'd take that cover. I'd put it here at my neck because I wanted to see if I was going to be attacked, everybody. I didn't, I didn't want to leave that to surprise. You know what I'm talking about? I wanted to see what was going on. How many was like me? You're like, I would never cover my head. How many were like that? Am I the only one? All the rest of you guys are nuts. You know, I... That's tongue-in-cheek, by the way. I'm not, yeah. I tell you, I, I wanted to see, and I was, I was scared of the dark. And, and I, I want to I say something, though, not, not just as a, as a child, but as an adult. As an adult, I, I, I'm not talking about the physical now. I'm just talking about being spiritually dark. And, 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 and the lessons that I've learned by coming into the light, by coming into Jesus Christ, and the fact that he just lit up my world, that now I'm not, I'm not afraid of the dark. And I don't mean just the physical. I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid like I used to be because I know God is on my side. And if the Lord is on my side, who can be against me, everybody? If God is for me, who can be against me? And now I don't struggle at all. There's some people that come in and they have small groups and they, they tell me like, hey, we had our small group last night and and I might have left the light on. I'm like, oh, okay, no, no big deal. Why? I locked the doors, but I might have. I don't like walking through the church with all the lights off. And and to me, I'm like, what's the big deal? It, like, so I tell my, I always tell my kids this. Listen, a room is the same with the lights off as they are with the lights on. Like, nothing changes in the dark. But isn't that something that it still has as adults? People are still like, oh, I just don't like the dark. You know, I don't deal with that at all, actually. But but every now and then, every now and then, and this is years ago. I, I would, you know, I, I have this love for hunting. I love being in the woods and the outdoors. And I would stay in my, my tree stand for, for a long time after dark, especially if deer were around me, because I didn't want to let them know. I didn't, I didn't want to teach them my strategy, my, where I was going in and where I was coming out and where my stand was. Because if deer know where your stand is, when they come into that part of the woods, they'll just look up to see if somebody's there. I'm telling you, deer are more smart, they're smarter than you would realize. And so I would wait as, until all these deer left. And sometimes I'd make noises to scare them off. And then I'd get down out of my stand at night and I'd start walking that quarter of a mile back to my, my vehicle, my truck. And, and sometimes I'd just get a little nervous. Like, I don't like this. I don't like being in the dark. And I'm in the middle of nowhere. And then you start hearing things. You start hearing coyotes and you start hearing critters. And, and, and you think, well, then I, I, it just hit me like, I got no reason to be scared. And, and in fact, when, when a lot of people would just hurry up and run to their vehicle as fast as they could, not this guy, and I'm, I'm being honest here, I would purposely slow down. Like, I'm just going to walk slow because nothing's going to scare me because God is with me. The Lord is on my side, the Bible says. I've got nothing to be scared of. And I would just purposely, I, I don't know, may, maybe this is just weird to me, but it's like, I'm, you know what, Satan, if you're going to try to torment me, I'm going to torment you. How, how do you like this? I'm walking slow, you know, like off with you. You know, you got no control over me. Listen, everybody, when, when you serve and honor and worship the light, 
He comes in and he makes a change. And that fear that you used to struggle with, whatever fear it was, fear that you weren't going to have enough, fear that you weren't going to survive, fear that you weren't going to make it, fear that somebody else would, all of a sudden when you serve the light of life, it just dispels fear. And you don't have to live that way. You can live in confidence. Not, not just in, in physical things, but in spiritual things. Emotionally, you can live in confidence. Let me tell you the last one. That light makes a difference in the lives of others. That light makes a difference in the lives of others. And Jesus, of course, made a difference in our life. He brought us out of darkness into his kingdom. But watch what Ephesians 5, 8 says. For you were once darkness, but now you are light. You are light in the Lord. You are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Well, how do I do that? Well, he answers. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Those are fruits that we should be displaying in our life because we are now children of light, children of the light. In fact, let's go on and find out, the Bible says in verse 10, and find out what pleases the Lord. Well, now all of a sudden he's talking about your purpose. Watch this. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. New song, can I, can I tell you something? You, in Christ, are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, new song, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The, the Bible says, live your life for the benefit of others. Like, shine your light before others, but not so that men can applaud you, but so that you can bring glory to God. Now, I'm going to show you something so beautiful in this as I've taught this to you. That the light of life brings salvation. But the light of life also brings purpose to your life. He's called you to make a difference. And those are just a couple of verses I could have given you so much more. That the light of life, yes, produces salvation, but also redeems us and gives us a purpose. Now, I want to show you something. We said that the light always wins, that the light is pure. The light gives direction. The light dispels fear. The, the, the light makes a difference in the lives of others. Let me tell you something about the light of life and what light can do and why we preach what we preach here. Because as you study all of those things, we just say it this way around here. That the plan of God, the will of God is for you to know him, to come out of darkness into his glorious light, the Bible says. To know God, to find freedom, to discover your purpose, and to make a difference. That's the call of God for your life. If you're like, oh, I don't know what God's, God's call is for my life, I know what it is. 
I know it's to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and go make a difference. And when you accept Christ as Savior, you start this process of knowing God, finding freedom, because he has this ability to expose things in our life that we've tried to keep in darkness. He has the ability to expose those things, and he says, no, 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 I don't want you to be bound with that anymore. I want you to be free from that. So that's why the Bible says, hey, hey, listen, take those things and confess them. Not only to me, God would say, but confess them to one another so that you can find freedom, so that you could be healed. That's what the Bible says. So we know God. We find freedom. We realize that we have a purpose, that we are a light in this world to shine in front of mankind but not for applause, not for our glory, but for the glory of his name. And then we live our lives to make a difference in the lives of others. And Jesus says, hey, listen, if you come to the light, I'm going to help you. Know God. I'm going to help you enjoy freedom in your life. I'm going to teach you what your purpose is. And I'm going to call you to be a light in this very dark world as we reflect our Heavenly Father. And it's a beautiful thing. And and all of that, all of that, all of that is the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Because I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. But God in His mercy called us and is calling us out of darkness. He is the light of life. I'm going to share one more verse. It's not in your sermon notes. Not even on the screen, but this is found in Colossians chapter 1. Starting in verse 12, that we give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Let me say it this way. You didn't qualify yourself It's not your good works in which qualified yourself. No, no, no. No, no. We give thanks to the Father who qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Watch this. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he so dearly loves. In him... In this Jesus, we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And let me say to that, and only in him. He is the only light. Jesus is the only light. There's no other way. And if you've not surrendered your life to him, And if you're still living in darkness, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit today. He's calling you out. He's calling you out of darkness into his glorious light. And he wants you to know him. And he wants you to find freedom. And he wants you to discover your purpose and to make a difference living for the glory of his name. If you allow the light of life in, 
He will light you up. I'm telling you, he'll make a difference in your life. And you will never regret it. As I have been bedside by many people who have passed from this life to the next, I have never once heard a Christian tell me that they regret being a Christian. But I have heard many people who lived their lives in sin tell me that they regretted living in the darkness. And I led them by the grace of God to the light and accepted Jesus and are now in his presence. Everybody, God wants to transform your life. And if you allow him in, allow the light in, he'll do just that. Would you stand up with me? If you're a believer in this room, I I want you to just begin to pray. This morning, we've already had multiple people come to the Lord, Jesus Christ. It's been a glorious day already. But if you're a believer, just just pray for those in this room that are making a decision right now. And I'm never embarrassed to do this. I'm never ashamed. In fact, this is the reason I exist, everybody, is to give as many people as possible the chance to surrender their life to Jesus, to trust in Jesus as Savior so they could experience the light of life, so that they could be saved. And if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, this is your moment. And I'm not going to embarrass you. You're not going to come down to the front. There's a time for baptism later on. That's when you go public. But this is a very personal moment between you and God. And if you listen, if you don't know Jesus, the the voice of the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today saying, this is you. You're you're, you're standing there saying, you know what, this is me. I need to do this. And I would implore you to do it. I, I would tell you, it is the best decision you'll ever make in your life, and you'll never regret it. Never. Never. With every head down, every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you a question. Is it you? Are you walking in darkness? And are you ready to come into the light and to surrender your life to the light of the world, Jesus Christ, who makes all things new? And if that's you today, I want you to raise your hand and hold it up really high. Let me see who you are. All right, I see your hand. You can put your hands down. That's good. Anybody else? Okay. I see that. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? I love this moment. Anybody else? All right. I see you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Now I'm just going to pray a prayer, and it doesn't, it's not about the words, it's about the attitude of the heart. And, and in your way, you can just agree with this in prayer. Just say, Father, that's me. And just pray what I pray. And God's going to do the miraculous right now in your life. And the light of glory is coming in right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, who is the light of the world. And I believe in his birth. I believe in his life. I believe in the cross. I believe in the resurrection. Jesus, I believe in you. 
And today I place my trust in you. I surrender my life to you to the best of my ability. I call upon you and say, have mercy upon me. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I invite you in. And I thank you that you've called me out of darkness into your wonderful, glorious light. And I'm asking you to help me to know you and to find freedom and to discover my purpose and make a difference. I'm inviting you to make changes in my life that I don't have the power to make. I need your help. I am so sick of walking in darkness. I'm so tired of dealing with what I've been dealing with. And I'm ready. I'm ready for you. I'm ready to be changed by you. I'm ready to know you. I'm ready to live a life after you. So thank you in this moment that everyone who calls upon your name is saved, that you're easy to find. You said in your word that if we draw near to you, you draw near to us. I thank you that you hear every single person who calls out to you, and I am one of those today. I've called out to you, and I thank you that you've heard me and that you've answered my cry. You've answered my prayer. And at this very moment, I am now a new creation in Christ Jesus. The light of life has entered my life, and I am no longer the same. I have been made new by your glory and by your power and by your mercy and by your love. I have been made new. And I say thank you for changing me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for doing the miraculous in my life. And it's my joy to honor you and worship you all of the days of my life. And I pray it in Jesus' name name. Come on, somebody. Could you say amen to that? Could we give God a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now with all of us on this Christmas Sunday, can we just lift up our hands to him and just bless, just bless the Lord for a moment. We bless you, Father, for calling us out of darkness. We thank you for lighting up our lives. We thank you for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. We thank you that we have been changed and are being changed according to your work in us, according to your will. Father, we love you and thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. We adore him. We honor him. We worship him. We pray him and he gets all of the glory both now and forevermore in Jesus name. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org/connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.